0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Kicking Back. I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf, and this is the podcast bringing you closer to personalities across women's soccer. And I'm excited to be bringing you, as of this recording, at the moment we release this, the leading goal scorer currently in the National Women's Soccer League. It is OL Reign forward Bethany Balser. Excited to bring you her story. You might have heard bits and pieces. We go through some of that, uh, of her background. Uh, coming into the league which is a really unique entry point to the league the first ever NAIA player to sign with an NWSL team and we talk about some of that but also the fact that it doesn't define her uh, and we talk about her journey to this point uh, on and off the field so excited to bring you this we did record this uh, a little bit uh, before uh, I was before the Chipotle tweet which I would have loved to to talk about um If you've seen that, and before she went into sole possession of the golden boot race, uh, she was tied at the moment we recorded this. So uh, that's the only addendum there, but excited to bring you this. Please go ahead and rate and review this podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss any of these great interviews. We've got more coming for you. And if you've missed any, you can go back into the archives and listen to players, coaches, media executives, all sorts of folks within the women's soccer space on Kickin' Back. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Bethany Balser. I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf And this is a podcast brought to you by The Equalizer, equalizersoccer.com and in coordination with Blue Wire Podcast. Jeff Kasuf here on kicking Back and excited to be joined this episode by OL Reign forward, Bethany Balser. Bethany, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, excited to have you. Uh, as of this recording, at this moment, uh, co-league leader for goals in the National Women's Soccer League and um, I I got I imagine is that have that kind of sunk in for you is that um, have you kind of taken that in the moment or are you kind of just looking at we got one month left in the season obviously
1: yeah I mean it's something that's in the back of my head because it's being talked about but I mean I had a personal goal of scoring more than I did my rookie year and so I've kind of achieved that and so now it's just kind of continuing that form and trying to help my team get to a position, um, where we can be good for the postseason and everything.
0: Well, currently in, in the, a pretty good position on that front, certainly. Um, have you seen, I'll, I'll give credit to Jen Cooper, I think who originated this step, but about 40% of your pro goals have been with your head. Did you see that? Did that surprise you?
1: I didn't see that actually. Um, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of surprising. I guess I didn't know how my goals would be scored, but, um, <laughs> It's been, I know, I know one of my strengths is um, my heading ability and I, I scored a lot of my college goals with my head. Um, and so, yeah, whoever I can find the ball in the back of the net, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know we got, I saw some questions, I think they got sent my way on Twitter even of like, you wear the headband. Is there a story behind that or is that just something for your own sort of safety and
1: Not really. My parents forced me to wear it. Um, (laughs) Actually, like probably during middle school and like my older sister wore it. Like everyone on my high school team wore it. It was like the thing to do. Um, And then when I got to college, I kind of told myself, Beth, you can't wear this anymore. Come on, let's get rid of it. But then i couldn't and then i remember one of my first like pro preseason games i was like okay we got to get rid of this um but it's yeah it's just something i'm comfortable with and it kind of almost gives me confidence to go up and hit the ball because i'm like oh if someone hits me i won't feel it because yeah now i just feel like my head's a little more sensitive so i, I wear it and it, it does the job so
0: yeah i was gonna that's the question i was getting does it help you at all but at least it sounds like at least from a mentality perspective it does yeah
1: it's yeah. all mentality i think
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay nice that's the is that the full 90 no
1: it's
0: to rally oh right right okay yeah i remember when they just came out like 10 years ago with the the protected sliders and everything um, oh yeah um well i think you know if somebody's listening to this pod you know they might know a little bit of your story um of your journey that's that's still obviously in progress but um want to talk about that because you know, it's, it's gotten you here, obviously, and, and I think, um, you know, an important story that you know, we were talking about just before recording that, that you're talking about quite often or you see people referencing, I don't know, you know, for those of you that, that are listening and don't know, maybe um, I, I'll do the very brief and we can get into to some of the detail maybe, but, um, you know, you grew up in Michigan, went to Spring Arbor University, which is NAIA, um, which some folks, you know, will get into what that is, but. Um, first NAIA player to, to sign in the NWSL, um, pro debut, you scored pro first start in in the pros, you scored 2019 rookie of the year. And then, um, some U S U S national team camper two, and, and, uh, now leading co-leading the league in goals, which is quite a jump in a couple of years. Um, I don't know, I guess, like, do you get tired of that as a, it shouldn't define you that you're an NAIA player, right? Is that something that is like a catch 22 for you? the the backstory
1: it can be kind of because i'm here where everyone else is now so but it is part of my story and um i hope it is something that's inspiring to especially young girls looking um for a college and still have um goals and dreams of going beyond college so it's definitely kind of a part of me um and i i take pride in it and i i enjoy that that is kind of how i got here and hopefully can use it for good
0: I remember talking to you a couple of years ago, right before the um, the USID camp that you went into, and and you were talking about, you know, it was difficult. It's not necessarily no two paths are the same, which is you know the point of your story, but also that, you know, it, it was made maybe that much more difficult even by by going that route. Um, so so you got a um, an invite to to camp when Vlako Nanovsky was the rain manager. Um, and is now obviously the U S coach. And, and then it kind of went from there, but if you don't mind, just kind of taking people through that, that phase of things of, you know, you, you were a, a goal scoring phenom there at, at spring Arbor. I mean, crazy statistics. And then um, kind of that, those few months, I think you said too, you were considering maybe going abroad and then you got that, that call.
1: Yeah. So I didn't get drafted, which I wasn't really expecting to, but just wanted to put my name in there, get it all out. And, Actually, before I got invited to the rain camp, I went to a Chicago Red Stars um, tryout to get into their camp. Um, and they actually invited me to camp. Um, and so I was kind of weighing the two options and didn't really, really know which, which way to go. But um, I had played with the Sounders women, the summer before, so I kind of knew Seattle, and I knew that the the coaching staffs were kind of connected in some way, and so I did feel a little more comfortable coming out here. But yeah, I got a call from Flacco, um, kind of just prepping me like this is going to be really hard, um, but we we think you can do it, and so we'd love to just have you come out and you know see what you're all about, and so yeah, that was. I don't even know how long after the draft, but um, packed up my bags. I packed two suitcases, but had no idea if I was going to be here for two days or the rest of the year. So it was kind of a whirlwind. Um, but yeah, then after two months of preseason, everything seemed to work out, which was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took off from there, and obviously you're still there, as you said just a few minutes ago. You know, you're you're here now, and that's you know your current story is. Um, I mean, the rain top of the table. Like, what is that? Have you I kind of wonder sometimes, like, do you allow yourself to reflect kind of still being in the moment of what these past few years, let's say, have been like, or or is that, have you tried to just kind of put that aside and just be in that moment that you are?
1: Um both and kind of, um, yeah. there are moments where I'm still like, wow, I can't believe this is what I'm doing, um, that I get to play soccer for a living. Um, but I also really try to settle in with like, I belong here, though, you know, and I'm supposed to be here, because sometimes that doubt can creep in of, oh, is I just like, beginner's luck, one hit wonder, you know, and so um, this past year has been, you know, kind of solidifying that this is where I belong, what I'm supposed to be doing, um, that I'm good enough, um, and all those those things, because it can. Kind of like in a sense, my story can kind of creep in and give me doubts, I guess sometimes. Um, but but yeah, it's still surreal to me. But um, with each new step that I take, it just gets more and more exciting. And obviously, I wouldn't change
0: it. Do you feel like anything this season has been necessarily different for you in terms of the you know the current rate of goal scoring? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, the last year in general, I've just learned how tough soccer is mentally. Um, and I feel like I've been pretty outspoken about that but um, you know you, you initially when I first came to the rain, it was all about getting caught up with the speed of play and the physicality and now that I'm I've been in the league this is my third year it's really settling into the mentality that it takes um, the mental toughness and just navigating what life as a professional athlete looks like um, so that's been different but obviously I'm learning and growing so much and so um, I never really thought I would need to like work on that or that it was such a big part of the game, but I think it really is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's, that's been, you know, a topic, obviously across sports and, and at the highest of levels with Olympics and, and you've tweeted about it quite a bit. Um, what is, I mean, what has kind of jumped out to you in terms of that, that learning process of, of being a pro athlete? I mean, obviously we've, we've kind of all dealt with the pandemic and, and that's an added factor on top of it, but even to the every day before that, of has there been, is it just kind of that daily grind, do you feel like, or is it, is it something more?
1: Yeah, I think there's just a consistent performance pressure that I feel. And especially since I did have such a good rookie year, you know, just to almost top that and still be able to perform at that level. And so those are things that kind of can eat away at me at times. Um, and just make me a little more anxious or nervous, you know. When you do make mistakes, which everybody is, but you still have this—at least me—this perfectionism that is so unattainable at times, um, because you do want to be the best and you want to be your best every game. But that's just not reality. And so, being okay with that, but learning and growing from it is something that um, I've been trying to learn a lot. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a balance there, right? Because you kind of want that to to make sure that you are progressing in that in that sense that. You're kind of aiming for that but being okay with not actually maybe hitting that that yeah. necessary goal right for
1: sure
0: yeah um well you're, you're surrounded this year I think there's been a lot of attention on you know the the rain roster you know a few players coming in on loan and, and um you know a bit of a, a joke of like how do you even fit everybody into a, a lineup um you know you, you've kind of found your your spot there, obviously as a nine, but, but, you know, really productive in that nine position, um, different roster than, than before. I think 2019 was, um, with the injuries, I mean, the, the sort of grinded out, um, mentality that that rain team had, and not that this one maybe doesn't, but it's just, it's a drastically different roster. Um, what's that been like to adjust to you know, I mean, Eugenie Lissamere has come in, Center from Obviously, Jess Fishlock's still there. You know, a lot of um, a lot of talent around you. And what's what's that been like? Um, you know, with some of the newer players and and just how you've kind of adapted to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely been just a different kind of grind um, this year. And it's so great to be surrounded by incredible players with so much experience, like the the players we have in on loan and stuff. And um, been good for me personally, just. To to push me to be my best every day, you know, because I do want to have a starting spot, and I'm surrounded by such incredible players. So it's gonna, you know, take that extra amount of work. Um, so so that's been really fun, and it's when you're surrounded in when you're in an environment like that, it, it makes you better no matter what. And so, um, to have a team with the caliber that we have, um, and the the mindset all of our players have, um, with kind of like a team first mindset, um. I think it's it just a really healthy environment. And I think everybody's kind of seeing the fruit of that now with the results that we've been having. Um, and so it's been incredible to be a part of, and I feel like I'm growing so much.
0: There was the mid-year coaching change, obviously. Um, you you would have been, you arrived at the rain after Laura Harvey had already departed. So um, maybe, you know, it's your first experience with her. What's that been like um, just kind of getting used to her? Obviously some of the players are are quite used to her.
1: Yeah. Um, I love Laura. She's so fun. Um, she's actually one of the only female coaches I've had. So just interested to see what that was going to be like, but, um, that the word I always think of is fun because she, she just has such a passion for the game that comes out in such a positive light. Um, and I think it does help that, yeah, she's been here before. So a lot of the players already knew her are comfortable with her. And then us younger players, um, are just just excited, I think. Um, We had started been performing well um, through the transition, and so the fact that she came in and it still was flowing like that, I think um, just allowed us to rally around each other and around the the goals of the team. Um, So I've loved getting to work under her. Um, I think she's an incredible coach, so I'm excited to see um, where the rest of the season takes us.
0: I think Laura likes to exude fun um, and we can kind of see that Mm -hmm. on the outside, uh, you know, on TV and and other other places. Um, That's interesting, though, not many. You haven't had many women as coaches then.
1: No, I have not. I had one in, in club in like middle school, but that was just for for a year. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's, that's a topic that's come up, you know, quite often with just the lack of opportunity, I guess. And, you know, there's some, some courses now through the league, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's cool to see like a Bev Yanez now yeah. at, at Gotham. And did you, I can't remember you, did you overlap with her at all?
1: Yeah. One year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. So that's gotta be cool to see that on the, you know, her on the sidelines there.
1: Yeah. I absolutely love it. I'm so stoked for her and yeah, hopefully, with the, the coaching course, you can just see more of that in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, so your story, I mean, is do you feel like there's a, the, a part of, you know, your, your journey that gets overlooked or that hasn't really been talked about? I and mean, I know you've kind of talked quite a bit about that, that progression. And I think we didn't even touch on, you just mentioned club, but you played high school and, and skipped club ball, which is not necessarily, um, especially in the, you know, the recent, um, the way things have gone, that that's not necessarily the way that everybody's gone or that people have been pushed to. Um, I don't, is there something about, you know, your journey you think that gets overlooked or or that hasn't been talked about as much?
1: If anything, it's probably that in the sense of, I really was not, I didn't want to be focused on just one sport growing up. Um, And so I really wanted to just extend myself in different areas throughout high school and really just kind of experience what high school had to offer, um, get involved in as much as I could, because I didn't want, I just wasn't the type of person where I wanted to be um, so solely focused on soccer. And so that's why I did things like musicals. I played basketball. um, And that's just not, uh, yeah, not common nowadays, especially um, in high schools where people are forgoing high school and just playing club year round. Um, But... I, I guess I don't really know how exactly that helped me, but because, um, yeah, it does almost seem like a, a disadvantage that I didn't, um, which is why I'm so grateful that I still made it here anyway. But, um, yeah, that's just not kind of who I was. And I hope that people, if there are other things they're interested in, to, you know, go out and do that while you're young. Um, you're not always going to get that opportunity. And so don't let the fear of, oh, if I don't play, what will happen, but as opposed to, Oh, there's this thing I want to do, and I'm going to go do it and have fun doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you, um, have you like embraced the, um, I don't know, you know, your story being what, where you are now, your, your top of the league scoring charts? I mean, we talk about kind of the, the background of it. Like, have you embraced the idea of being that potential, um, you know, example for another player or person that, you know, they can be, at this league level or, or they can do, you know, kind of what you just said, if you want to do something that you, you can, you can do it no matter what the path.
1: Yeah. Um, And that's what I've tried to take pride in since, since becoming a professional athlete um, is, is just to have maybe someone's looking up to me or, you know, noticing how I got here and it just gives them hope and, maybe helps them make a decision as to what they're deciding between, I guess. Um, I really hope that, that people just, sometimes you just take it all too seriously, and I think that there is a lot of fun to be had, um, but I also, I always reiterate, like it's still like really, really hard to do, you know? It's not like it's gonna be easy, like you're making it harder on yourself, but that's okay, and it can still happen, you know, if you have the right mindset um, and the right work ethic, you know? Um, but that—that that is my goal. I think is just to spark hope in someone.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what was the point at which you were, you know, pro soccer player was like on your radar as attainable or, or your your goal?
1: Yeah, it definitely came late. Um, <laughs> I played in the the UWS um, the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college. And once I like did well in that, like that was all like big 10 players, you know, so once I was in that environment and performed well, that's kind of when I was like, oh, like this could be a reality for me. And that's when I really started to think about it. And then obviously that following summer playing out here with Pac-12 girls, you know, just another level up, um, that's when it was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're gonna do this. So um, yeah, it wasn't until mid, middle of college.
0: Um, well, I mean, you had, you know, I think this this sort of um, newer generation of players is, I mean, one of the cool things is there's a pro league that actually exists and, you know, is there for you when you're even in high school to say, okay, that's, you know, that's something that I could do now that it's almost season 10, which, you know, previously wasn't necessarily a thing or, or even in the early years, there was the worry of, will this be around, but it, it does it feel more, I mean, I know you're only a few years in, but to, like, does it feel more Stable to you in that sense that, you know, this is a viable thing. There's obviously improvements that have to be made, but, um, it's here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's still obviously so much work we have to do and and keep growing. But I think the fact that we just keep adding more teams and, um, you know, those places show up and show out, I think is, is just really encouraging. And, um, yeah, we're just in a very heightened time of women in sport. Um, and just with the U S playing so well, I think it's really, um just kind of given a new new life to the game and so hopefully that can um, be translated um within the league
0: do you find yourself um super involved on the the cba front or, or just even the general idea of kind of what needs to be improved and changed?
1: um I'm not gonna lie a lot of it does confuse me that is not my (laughs) expertise but um the our our um, player reps are really good at communicating to us um what's going on what's what we're trying to do um what's not okay that's happening right now you know so so we've been very informed about the process as a whole um and and what the cba could do for us and so um we're really just you know pushing for and hoping that um, good things will come Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you're not alone in any sort of confusion because i think that's (laughs) across the board, um, I've found in a, a decade of covering this, I think I've done more legal cases than I could have ever imagined in, in different scenarios. So um, it's, uh, yeah, a fun part of the sport, I guess. Is, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, is there anything that, that you know, from your, your view of like your personal experience that you'd like to see Necessarily changed or or progressed or improved or whatever it might be a, a area of the the league that that you look at and are are most interested in in kind of seeing change affected.
1: Um, I think part of it is just really creating a professional environment. Um, I obviously come from. Um, and then AI school where, you know, we didn't have as much as other schools, just financially and stuff. And so sometimes I come in here and I feel like oblivious because I'm like, oh, everything's great. You know, this is pro soccer, but then you have people who have kind of showed me what the standard should be. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, of, of knowing what we deserve in, in, in every aspect, you know, our facilities. Um, there's just so many different aspects I think that can be, um, lifted. Um, to, to reach a standard that we're all trying to achieve. Um, and so that that's one thing that I'm hopeful for. Um, and then obviously with, with um, the whole equal pay thing going off the national team, I think that's obviously something we're pushing for as well um, within our league, just continuing to, to raise the bar every year so that um, we're getting what we deserve. Um, and yeah, it's a lot obviously tougher. And
0: it sounds <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The uh I think I've I've said to you before I, I played D three, so I'm all about an underdog story. And uh I'm sure um you I, I don't know what kind of facilities you saw in NAIA and, and where you were playing, but probably uh I, I definitely had some like some eyebrow raisers in in uh D three in the middle of New York, I can say that. So. <laughs> yes. uh, you have some some any uh horror stories from, from being on the road or were or...
1: oh, there are just um i was blessed because spring arbor had a very nice turf field our turf was really good but then yeah some some grass fields in the middle of nowhere <laughs> disaster and yeah most some places didn't even have like a locker room you just kind of show up set your bags down and go to work um, so yeah it was and you know it, it's tough especially if you know you go to a school where soccer might not be the sport or whatever but um yeah, Eva, some things were I yeah, just don't talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, well, you've, I think there's some, some stuff that if anybody's not following you on social, I think they should be, um, because you're, you're talking soccer, you're talking serious stuff, funny stuff. I know um, a few things that we talked about, uh, mental health as one that you've talked about quite a bit. Um, I think anybody who does follow you probably knows that Crocs is a significant topic is that What what is the current status of croc relationship at the moment
1: oh there is no status it's, <laughs> so bad. it's so yeah I know everybody's rallied around it which I guess I wasn't expecting and I'm like wow like cracks could be thriving like obviously they're thriving but I mean the soccer world is big on cracks and all these people are saying they'd buy it if they do something with me so you know I'm I am not actively pursuing anything right now with Crocs. Are they Maybe.
0: still still a shoe of choice or a footwear of choice? Or uh,
1: I haven't I haven't worn my Crocs in a while, so
0: wow, okay.
1: But but uh, Adidas has made a pair of their own Crocs that I wear all the time, all the time. So did
0: not know that. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, well, you got the the eye slides now too that just dropped. Does that?
1: I the, saw
0: those. Yeah, the, the team branded slides, which are pretty cool. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, those are interesting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I live in my Adidas croc so.
0: Nice, nice. Um, well, I think the other the other funny thing that I've seen from you quite a bit is being left handed has created some challenges throughout life.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like world lefty day. And then I was thinking about all the things. There's so many times I just find myself complaining throughout the day of like, ugh, I'm left-handed. Like, that's annoying. It's like, there's so many things in this world just naturally created for right-handed people. I'm like, yeah. yeah so I find some lefty struggle in my life.
0: When was world lefty day?
1: I think it was August 13. Okay. Something, Sometime in August. Yeah. Like ESPN tweeted about it and like, had pictures of lefty athletes, I was like, yeah, I was just thinking about it, and, yeah.
0: That's, that's news to me, that's cool. Um, well, I I mean, you've also, on on more serious note, you know, tweeted about, like, your faith and and how it's central to your life. Um, what, I mean, do you find yourself, from a, a platform perspective, you talked about it with, with mental health, like, using that platform that you have to, to, share you know whatever it is that is important to you
1: yeah I I definitely do and it's interesting because shifting into the professional world it just looks a lot different I think than I originally anticipated and so um, what I try to do is obviously I hope that I'm very outspoken in my faith um, but I also want to present it in a way um, it doesn't turn people off because it can at times and so I just want to start conversations, um, have people ask questions, you know, really just be as open as possible. Um, and that's what I do try to u- do um, like through social media and even conversations with teammates. Um, but I find that the biggest way I can do that is just through how I act, um, and through how I treat people and stuff like that. So, so it's been a, like a learning process of how effectively to use that um, in the way that I want to. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it must be a slight challenge in the sense of the platform itself is it's informative if you use it, obviously, but then, I mean, I, I'm on Twitter, for example, way more than I would like to be and you don't always get the most reasonable responses or interactions right so it's kind of a, a balance in that sense.
1: Yeah, and I've definitely learned that no matter what I say it's going to upset someone you know. <laughs> so I as a people pleaser sometimes that like kills me inside but you know like that's just what opinions are and what beliefs are. So um, that's why I just want to open up dialogue, you know? I mean, there's no hate. I don't want there to be any hate, but simply just like talking about things. And I'm really passionate on people just knowing why they believe or think what they do, having reason behind it. Cause I think I grew up kind of just regurgitating a lot of what I heard and I was never, I never actually sat down and was like, why do I actually think this is right or wrong? So that's kind of just how I, Engage, engage with social media in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you find uh, what you just said there? I mean, did you find a point at which you, you did sit down and think to yourself of like a moment for you that that was a changing moment or?
1: Um, There's not like one moment, but I think it's just like ongoing, you know, as things come mm-hmm. up and I start talking about it and then I'm like, wait, I feel like I'm just repeating something I've heard. Um, Depending on what topic it is, you know, I just... Sometimes I have to sit down with myself and really think about it, um, but but I think like coming out here helped that a lot, you know. Just the area I grew up in, very like minded. So to come here where it's as not obviously as diverse as you can get, but way more diverse than what I was used to in terms of people's belief, sexuality, political opinion, you know. Um, it's just opened me up to a whole new world, um, and it's been honestly fun to like engage in because I am really solidifying what I believe and learning how, I think just to love people better, um, how to support people and all those things.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, is that a like something that you and teammates talk about even, or is that?
1: Um, yeah, it can get to that point. Um, and they've always been really good conversations um, that have led us to just more appreciation for each other. Um, and yeah, a lot of it does have to do with just how you were raised and where we come from. And so to learn that about others is really cool. Um, and just to get to share my experience you know so um i i really enjoyed that
0: yeah there's there's always been i think from even the first season the rain seemed to have had i mean it's talked about like the team culture and that but kind of a um not that i mean other teams do as well obviously but that there seems to be kind of a a certain standard of of like people there right is that is that a good way to put it
1: That is a very good way to put it. And something I was not expecting when I first came to the rain. you know, you think of a professional environment and like, it's gonna be really cutthroat, like everybody's gonna wanna, you know, be the best kind of every man for himself type of thing. And that's just not the case at all. Um, And I was really surprised with how like down to earth everybody was. um, And how much they just care about us as human beings. And I think that obviously does translate to like our on field chemistry. And so Um, that's been really fun to just have, you know, a work environment that you want to go into every day because your best friends are there. And um, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Are there any teammates, um, you know, even, even broader than any specific topic, but that, that you kind of, even from those first days when you were just coming into the team that, that you kind of leaned on or that, that maybe looked to you and gave you some advice or.
1: Yeah. I, I remember my rookie year just, some away trips, I'd always get um, like breakfast with Lou Barnes or even Bev Yannis and just asking them questions, and they really spoke into me um, about anything and everything um, related to soccer. And so um, I really appreciated that because, I mean, yeah, they're hardcore veterans, and I was, you know, they didn't have to, they didn't probably want to go out to breakfast with me, but they they were like kind enough in that sense, and um, just to yeah, be surrounded by players like that who really wanted to see me succeed. Um was really cool.
0: I feel like they probably did want to go to breakfast. They the probably week, did, yeah. especially but... not especially those two. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. That that, that was what was crazy to me. It was how genuine they were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself um I mean, have you shifted into a role like that at all for some of the younger players or is that still is you're waiting on that a little bit?
1: <laughs> um yeah, it's it's something I've like actually thought about, you know, just what what kind of role I want to have. Um, in terms of leadership, and obviously, you know, you need experience to have that. Um, so so just finding what that looks like and in what capacity um, I do that. Um, I'm obviously still, I consider myself a young one on the team, so um, really just trying to to bond with the girls my age um, so that we can, you know, if, if we're all still here, create that environment for the next um, slew of players that come in. So, um, yeah, something I'm definitely, like, thinking about in... Um, I think right now i'm trying to do that more so on the field um but but yeah excited for what that could look like in the future Mm
0: -hmm. i think young is still fair and accurate for for
1: you Um, some people say like oh you're three years in, like you're kind of a vet and i'm like really that does not sound right
0: yeah Yeah, maybe like in between yeah i don't think quite full full full-on vet yet but um you can remove yourself from younger rookie player i guess yeah Um, you can add experience to it. Um, well, you mentioned earlier the, you know, you had set the goal for yourself to, to score more than your rookie year. Uh, what, how far out do your goals go if, if there's any that you can share?
1: Um. Yeah, I, you know, I, mm, that's a good question. Obviously I would love to just to continue to get my foot in the door with the national team. Um, it's been cool, like yeah, like the last two camps I've been to um, and I know it's gonna take time. And again, I'm, I know I'm young, so I know I have time, but um, definitely would like to, to get there as, as soon as I'm ready, as soon as possible um, and achieve that, I think would be absolutely incredible. Um, and within within the club, yeah, I think it's just pro- progressing on each season, however that looks. Um, it's obviously great to score goals, but I'd love to to create those too. You know, get more get more assists, be more of a playmaker, and just be the most dangerous player I can be on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, second place at the moment. Um, oh, rain going into which is a now this season is is a bit more important with the buy that the top two teams get with the 16 playoff field. So I imagine that's um, a topic of conversation for, for that top two spot.
1: Yeah, that's definitely on our minds and something we are, we are aiming for, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I have to ask you uh, before we go, they, I think this is related to the Crocs. What is the nickname? You have it in your Twitter bio and everything boats.
1: Oh, Bo- Yes. What um, is the
0: derivation of that nickname?
1: So I, I, I have like bigger feet for someone like my height. Um, I, so I've, you know, in college, some people would not call me boats, but just be like, Oh, you have boats as feet. And I'd like laugh, whatever. And then I realized that I've been wearing like the wrong size shoe my entire life. I wear a shoe, that's like a size too big, I think because I like having space in my feet. So like, this is so weird. Like I like to cross my toes in my shoes. So I need a shoe that's big enough to do that. And so my rookie year, I was i wasn't even on the team yet my shoes had ripped so i went out and bought a new pair but like i was at dicks and they only had like one like a size that was too big so i i got them and they were way too big um and i remember like the next training blacko walked over to me he could tell my shoes were too big because i was sliding around he like looks down at them like you know does the whole like finger test like okay how far away is your toe from the end he's like you need to go down a size and a half and i was like oh no and I mean, Allie Long kind of penned pin, the name and she would call it, call me it all the time because she thought it was the funniest thing. And so it really stuck. And I honestly love it. I take pride in it and yeah, it creates hashtags like crack the boats and all that stuff. So it's fun. But uh, yeah, everyone on the team calls me boats now. So that's kind of where I came from.
0: I'm not surprised that Allie Long had made sure that that nickname stuck.
1: Yeah, yeah she made sure of it. Are,
0: are you so... Are you talking like actively on the field crossing toes or when is, um, when are not, we talking?
1: No, but I, I think my feet get claustrophobic and so <laughs> they can't like move around a lot. And so I just need to, I don't cross them on the field, but I just need to know that I can cross them if I want to, I guess. I'm,
0: I'm trying right now. I'm getting a foot cramp. I don't think I can do that. Is that yeah, like a.
1: then that like bothers me. I'm always like, ugh, but <laughs> I'm just like sitting in my apartment. My toes are naturally crossed. I don't know why, but.
0: Huh. I don't, is that like a special hyper extension type of thing or what? Maybe I should
1: ask our trainer (laughs) and see if it's something special. I don't
0: know. Nice. Well, you went from, from having to run down to the local store to, to change cleats to being an Adidas athlete at the moment. Right. So that's, that's a nice progression for two years, two years later. Right. I'll
1: take it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I appreciate you joining me, Bethany. I think, um, you know, obviously there's the, that there's your backstory that I think has been told and, and maybe hopefully you know some folks listening that maybe haven't heard it before or you know can be at least informed and maybe inspired by you know your your journey to here. And um I do think, you know, um, maybe this is on folks like myself too that at some point, you know, it is it's Bethany Balser co-leading goal scorer of NWSL and not, hey, she came from NAIA, right? I mean that's that's kind of the um the hope at some point of you know as you said of, of kind of getting beyond that but i think still always part of your story is kind of how you might might look at it right yeah for sure yeah well i appreciate you joining me on uh on kicking back and hopefully uh we'll see some more of uh some more goals and we'll, we'll look for the rain uh climbing the table and go for more thank you thank yeah. you
1: yeah, thanks for having me
0: thank you Thank you for listening to Kicking Back, a podcast brought to you by The Equalizer and now with Blue Wire Podcasts. If you missed any of our great interviews from the past or you don't want to miss anything going forward, and I promise you that you don't, please subscribe on any platform you're listening. Please go ahead and rate and review our podcast. It really does help with visibility. That's that for this episode. We'll be back soon with another great guest from the world of women's soccer.